Welcome to this latest edition of the FSB podcast, the go-to podcast for news tips and important information for small businesses and self-employed. In this episode, we'll be looking at how you can grow your business and sell more products through brand advocates or brand advocacy as it's known. In short, that means getting people to share the word about your business and products on your behalf, endorsing your brand and encouraging others to buy from you. But how can it really help your business grow and how do you start finding your brand advocates to get that in motion? In this episode, we'll dig deep into that, exactly how brand advocacy works, uh, and we'll also share an example of how it's helping luxury handbag brand Sarah Harron Accessories to expand that business. So to help us chat through that, pleased to say I'm joined by the brand's founder, Sarah Harron. Sarah, hi, thanks for joining us. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. Delighted to be here. Good. It's really good to have you. So you've been kind of doing this for a little while and I'm going to dig in a little while into exactly how you're doing it and how you're using brand advocates to help grow awareness of your brand and to ultimately sell more products. But can you just start by telling us a little bit about your business, uh, exactly what you do, how big it is, um, how long you've been going, etc.? Yeah, sure. So um, we design and produce and sell really luxury handbags. They are a bit different though, as they come with a lifestyle concept. And that basically means you can change the look of the bag endlessly. Um, So that gives us a little bit of a USP. Um, We started in October 2017, but I had actually been selling as a hobby business um, for a few years prior to that. We formally launched um, online in 2018 and have been going for about six years now. First couple of years, like all small businesses, were really tough and trying to establish um, your brand. Um, COVID came along and actually that really helped us. People had more time on their hands. Um, So whilst it was really an initial real worry for me, after all, you don't really need a handbag if you're not going out. But what we found was people had time to actually look at our um, brand and appreciate it. Um, And they themselves started talking about it. Um, Today, we've got seven people um, in our own offices. The business started out in my home um, and we recently got our own home um, at the start of October last year. Um, And we use freelancers as well when we don't need full-time equivalents. That's really good. You you alluded to the fact there that you weren't always a, a business owner or entrepreneur and that you you used to have a job. Um, What inspired you to to start the business? What were you doing before? So yeah, I was in um, tech. I was a COO or chief operating officer and a business that went public in 2000. Um, So I couldn't really get anything further from fashion um, Hmm. than tech really. Um, But um, we went public And that meant that my travel really increased as I was going into the city, um, a lot to London, the Far East and the States. And that meant that travel was a real issue. um, And I couldn't really find a handbag that would take me from day to night with ease and would enable easy organization and a bag that I could change my look really easily. Um, that saved me time and also carrying piles of clothing so I could just go from day to night with a neutral palette and then jazz up my bag so it was very much inspired by my own experience yeah and you you mentioned sort of starting the business I mean how exactly did you 
get it off the ground? How did you fund it? Um, and, and, and how's it grown since? Um, yeah, so I started it really slowly. Um, I was still working for at least the first couple of years. Um, so it really was a sort of a hobby business. Um, and one of the businesses that I was running in tech was about encouraging small to medium enterprise businesses to get onto the internet and to have a website. So before having a website was just like an ordinary thing. Um, it really, there was a time when people didn't have websites. Um, so we set up my little business um, online to show small businesses the benefits of having a website. Um, so that actually, that little website grew and I started to get more traffic for it. So it came to sort of a tipping point when I was about 50, um, when I decided that actually I should exit my tech job and try and give it a go um, for this hobby business and see if I could actually turn it into a into a real life business. Um, so during that time, I was saving up as much as I could, knowing that eventually I would like to start this. Um, so, so far, we've always been self-funded. Um, our business peaked in COVID, and that gave us a really good platform to start building our community. And that's really how we started to catch the imagination of handbag lovers. Um, and that's really what got me thinking about developing an advocacy program. Um, so, yeah, and to date, we doubled sales year on year in the first three years. We had a static year really past post-COVID, um, but now we really are seeing growth again. We've got over 8,000 customers um, so far and have shipped over 25,000 bags globally um, and have got over 5,000 five-star reviews. Um, so, yeah, still lots to go for because at the end of the day, we are still a tiny, small business. Um, so I find that quite exciting, though, to think on that, to think that we've got the opportunity to take on the big global businesses. Yeah, it's a brilliant um, startup story, and and definitely one that lots of our audience uh, will recognise. You know, having been on on, on similar yeah. journeys, you, you mentioned their brand advocacy, and that's what we really want to to talk to you about because you've you've been using brand advocacy as part of your growth strategy for your business. For our listeners who don't know, what exactly is that and how does it work? Yeah, so it's basically, as you said at the beginning, I'm a program where we recruit people that love our product and want to talk about it. Um, and then they show the concept to their networks. They might attend small shows, you know, networking events, all this sort of local stuff that we all do when we're starting our business. Um, and the people that love these products, they've maybe not got a small business, but they maybe want to do something um, that gives them an outlet for maybe their creativity. They want to try out, they, they like going out and talking to people. Um, and so by working with us, they receive commission, attendance fees, and obviously they also get complimentary bags themselves. Um, so we kind of started it with one a brand ambassador who does this um, alongside an, uh, alongside other little products that, that she sells as well. Um, so I think trying to find people that are aligned with your product is a really good way of starting. Um, you know, there's no point trying to sell, sell golf clubs if you hate golf, for instance. Um, so try and get people that, that you feel could really love um, your brand and can get passionate about it. 
Yeah, can you tell us a bit more about how you, you use the term recruiting them there? I mean, can you tell us a bit more about how you found your brand advocates? Um, and then kind of, I, I know you alluded a little bit there to them attending th- events and things like that. But what else are they doing for you day to day? So day to day. So what we did was um, we got we got one or two um, to start with. We did the traditional um, brand brand advocacy through Instagram and Facebook. So you know there are influencers out there that kind of do it as a living. Um, so we approached we have approached them and they show our product, and that was really a good test bed to see if our product could be. Um, used as a sort of a show and tell product. Um, so we we did that for a while um, and we never really paid those types of brand ambassadors because I think it's important that your brand comes across as a product that they really love. And in the early days, we did a couple where, you know, they just put it on their, on their Instagram account and it just lacked any sort of authenticity um, because they were clearly just putting it up once and then moving on to the next thing. So I think we used that um, to know that we wanted to recruit. Um, so by recruitment, we looked into our own customer base um, and then we developed a program um, that enabled them almost to purchase um, but also gain points and um, commission through them telling their friends um, because if they like a product then they'll know like they're more likely to tell somebody else it's a bit like the 80 20 rule um, so if you love something you tell somebody um, and so we've kind of built that ground up um, and so yeah and now uh, we are starting this year is the first time we're testing um, using these brand advocates at events. So there are hundreds of events across the UK, um, places where um, even like going to an FSB um, meeting, meetup, you might meet other women there and you might be showing them your handbag. Um, so that is you really talking about our product. Um, so it can be as small as that or going to little events that you've heard about in your area um, or attending events for us um, and then going and showing the product to anybody that's interested as they come along to the show. Um, it's really a sort of a ground up um, finding people that will love handbags. Yeah, I like that. And I, I like that bit that you said about authenticity. I think that's that really the audiences can see when it's not real in that sense right they can kind of they won't be fooled by that and I thought that was really interesting a big thing for our audience is always how much stuff costs um you know under a lot of cost pressure all the time um you mentioned maybe like a commission structure there and a sort of points loyalty scheme points type type process um how how much does this can you give a sense of what something like this costs in your space you know the handbag space do you give a, a percentage discount or something like that? Do you allow people to yeah. sort of build up points to get money off a product? Yeah. So what? So what we do is we've got um, in in the in this um, area we have the brand ambassador. Um, so they join our program, and then we give them um, an immediate forty percent off purchasing of any bags. Um, and we lend them a kit to start with as well. Because one of the things I, when I first started looking into all of these sort of 
um, brand ambassador programs was that I noticed that companies that run them, the big global companies, um, they tend to make as much money, if not more money, from their brand ambassador program by selling product to the brand ambassadors. And I was like, "Ah, that doesn't feel right to me um, that your brand ambassadors, you know, become um, your people that um, are purchasing from you. So I thought, no, we therefore give them a good um, discount to start with and what they then get is a percentage of the sales. So um, 10 to 15% of any product that they sell um, then goes back to them. Um, And it's based on a sort of a tiered thing so that it encourages them. So 10% um, and then up to 15%. And then what we also do, um, one of the unique things about our handbags is the ability to change the look of it. And we do this by selling accessories that you can change the look. So that means you can also create a recurring revenue and also go back to your customer and sell them something new that attaches to the bag that you've already got. So for a brand ambassador, that means that they can start to build their customer base and also go, go back to the same customer and show them something new. So you're not always having to start from ground zero um, with um, in any given month. Um, so mm, I think that makes the program a little bit more unique. And then to encourage the brand ambassadors, we also um, have a little um, side gifting program. So if they get so many customers a month, they can build points to then go towards um, choosing a bag for themselves Um, So that then encourages them to love the bags and really get into the whole um, concept as well. The whole thing for me is about building this community um, where everybody's talking about how they change the look of their bag, how they've restyled it. Um, It's hard to imagine that this is what women would talk about, um, but it gives them a, a level of confidence if they look amazing when they're going out to something. And a handbag is such a simple way of changing your look and really feeling confident. Um, so it all sorts of sort of builds up from there. Yeah, that's really interesting. And, and I want to talk a little bit about results. I mean, are you able to sort of measure the impact on your business, whether it be in terms of sales or, or, or profit or anything like that? What sort of results are you seeing and how many brand advocates is that from? How many are you using? Right. So um, one of the things that um, I like and I I think I'm a great believer in lean marketing, um, testing small and failing fast um, and really keeping an eye on results. Um, So when we've started this, we've got a a team of five and within that we have um, a brand ambassador manager um, that and we provide all the training and um, an initial set of um, samples. And what we're seeing is um, brand awareness is, is certainly building. It's such an immeasurable thing. I hate brand awareness, but actually that translates into more people going to our website. Um, we can see an increase in our Instagram followers. Um, and for us, it is a long journey when you buy a handbag. People, It's an emotional purchase. 
Uh, they don't instantly purchase on day one that they see us. It's not like buying a car battery. You need right. a car battery, so you buy it. It's a, it's a simple thing. You either need one or you don't. With a bag, you could argue that nobody needs another bag, or you could just get a plastic bag or a recycled bag and use that forever, but it's not about that. So it can take up to 12 um, times for somebody to see our brand. So the more we have these brand ambassadors talking about it and introducing their friends and people they've networked with, um, the bigger um, our brand will become on the back of it. Um, and of course, the sales are very measurable because all the brand ambassadors have their own code. So we can measure right, right. Um, how many sales they've all received. And then that enables us to be able to pay out um, their commission um, and count how many new customers they've introduced as well. Um, so it's quite good from a KPI point of view, you know, clear Key, key key performance indicators are very clear yeah, to yeah. see and obviously the brand awareness is a bit wishy-washy but then attaching things like um instagram followers and um uh, Facebook followers and even members joining our own community on Facebook where we talk about the bags these are all real clear measurables that's brilliant. Really interesting. Sarah, if you had one tip for our listeners who might be thinking about going in a similar direction, you know, what would that be? How can they get going and how can they learn if this is something that will work for their, their products and their business? Yeah, I think the first thing they've got to make sure is they've got a product that what I would call is a show and tell product. Um, and it's something that literally um, isn't perhaps easy to explain just from looking at it. So if you look to our bags on our website, yeah, it looks like a handbag. And the hardest thing to get over is the fact that you can change it. So you need to be able to have a product that you can show people. Um, and I think having a product that will get a recurring revenue stream as well, because that inspires your brand ambassadors to come back. And as we all know, um, recruiting new customers and re is the hardest thing. Um, and if you can get a returning um, set of customers, then that is key. You know, it's, it's always easier to look after your existing than to recruit new. So I think make sure you've got that type of product um, and I would then start small and test everything as you go. We just started with that one ambassador um, and we will definitely um, want to just bring more into the program as time passes. Yeah, that's really good. And it's a really good story just generally about your your business growth as well. What's next for the business, Sarah? Where do you, where do you hope to be moving to from here? Um, so our brand mission is to deliver joy to our customers. So we want to continue to do that. And that's a big focus for us. Um, just the whole joy of the handbags and the joy that we're bringing to our community. Um, it sounds a bit mad, but, um, you know, our customers themselves do find joy in our products. So we want to just keep doing that. Um, and we want to keep continuing our brand our brand ambassador program and I think the next thing we're going to want to start really slowly but is looking at the US um, because that would um, be a really good market for us um, got to take things slowly though because it's a massive leap um, but yeah loads of exciting opportunities are out there for us so it's all really really very exciting 
That's brilliant. And we wish you lots of luck with that, Sarah. Thanks so much. It's been a, a really interesting chat around brand advocacy for small businesses and some top tips for how other small businesses can use it themselves to grow. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'd also like to thank our audience for listening to this episode as always and to remind you that you can subscribe to the FSB podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses and do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts and other content at the FSB website at fsb.org.uk. Thanks so much for listening.